0: You spend the first hour of your vacation at the luggage carousel thinking there's nowhere to go but up. But there is a place to go but up. Because when you open your suitcase, you find it filled with dolls. Dolls like the ones in that movie that scared you so much you wet your girlfriend's bed. Ah, Marissa, the one that got away. You return the bag to the airport with relief. It lasts until you get back to your room where a fallen doll waits to greet you.
1: Don't let a suitcase full of dolls ruin your vacation. Go on a real vacation. GoRVing.com. Now you may be thinking, oh my god, this episode is actually on time and you weren't expecting one for probably another six months. But excuse me, excuse me, it's a day early. There you go, wonders never cease, that'll probably never happen again. Now don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or headstuff.org and new episodes will then land on your device before they are available to the general public. How does that work? I have absolutely no idea but it does. If you like this episode leave a lovely review on iTunes and if you want to know how to do that from your iPhone open the podcast app hit search which is on the bottom right not the my podcasts tab it's the bottom right Hit search, search for me, click on fascinated and when the episode list opens, hit reviews which is the middle button and scroll down. Reviews help with chart positions on iTunes so if you like something, you should always give it a nice review or a good rating. I gave myself a fantastic review so you can read it, it's there. Now, if you think that begging for validation like this is the most undignified thing you have ever heard, well, clearly you have never heard me ask somebody out. There we go, play the music. Hello, you are very welcome to another episode of Fascinated. My guest today is the fantastic Lily Higgins. Now, I've known Lily for ages and she is just one of my favourite people. I was trying to remember where it was I first met her and I think it was at a dinner with her sister Maeve down at the Cat Laughs Festival a couple of years ago. Well, maybe seven or eight years ago. What always strikes me about Lily every time I meet her is I forget how funny she actually is and let me apologise now, there's far too much laughing in this interview but sorry, couldn't help it. A few years ago we ended up together on a radio show with the band Little Green Cars and Lily had made cakes for the show and I did my best to convince everybody on the show and the listeners that they weren't actually her cakes and that I had been with her previously when she bought them in Aldi. But despite this checkered past she agreed to be my guest and I'm absolutely delighted that she did. If you didn't know, Lily Higgins was one of the first Irish food bloggers in Ireland. She had an amazing blog called Stuff I Make, Bake and Love. The two recipes from that that I made the whole time, I'd say nearly every weekend, were the strawberry scones, which were gorgeous. And also there was a chocolate croissant recipe, which was absolutely unreal. And I just had a Google and they are actually still up there. Like all brilliant food writers, the way Lily writes about food is as rich and as lovely as the recipes that she creates. She has had two excellent books, Make Bake Love and Dream Deli. And if you have Make Bake Love, there is a Boston cream cake recipe in there that everyone should experience at some point in their lives. So get it out and go treat yourself. It's absolutely gorgeous. Lily, in case you didn't know, is a trained chef. She studied at the world famous Ballymaloe Cookery School in 2007 and she went on to teach there. Before that, she studied art and design in college and you can see that because she does all the food styling and the photography for her books. And if you flick through them, they are just absolutely gorgeous. Lily is a weekly food columnist and photographer for the Irish Times. Last year, she was seen on Irish TV as a judge on The Great Irish Bake Off. She has worked with her sister Maeve many times. She appeared in Maeve's first Edinburgh show, Ha Ha Yum, and then toured Ireland with that. She then went on to appear on Fancy Vittles, which was Maeve's TV show. And Lily did all of the styling and the animation and the food design and stuff on that show. And absolutely a beautiful show. If you show. do
0: ever see any like cuts or grazes on my arm or anything, it's not from self-harm. I'm not cool enough. <sighs> um it's probably just from from cooking yep oh what food i just lily will tell you what food we're making actually yeah we're just going to do a ham Big and we're going to it i actually have it on already yeah and we're going to do all the glaze all over it and everything with brown sugar and mustard yeah and then if you do the vegetables over here yeah ham and vegetables and potatoes The girls are just probably going to throw it up afterwards. No, they won't. They won't. They won't. We're not teenagers anymore.
1: If you haven't seen it, all the episodes are up on YouTube and it is hilarious. My favourite thing I've ever seen them do, though, was their cookery demonstration at The Taste of Dublin a few years ago where they made a wedding cake. And I genuinely thought I was going to die laughing in that audience because a lot of people in the audience weren't Irish and they didn't realise that Maeve was actually a comedian. So... They were actually trying to stifle their laughter. And I don't know if you've ever been to a comedy show where people are trying to stifle their laughter. It is the most infectious, delirious thing that can happen. It was just a whole hour of that and it was so funny. Here she is. You're going to absolutely fall in love with her. This is the fantastic Lily Higgins. That's recording now. (laughs) I just realised that the first question was, uh, was being Shane's brother any help?
0: Yeah, no, it was help because um, <laughs> it was the denim was the drawback. <laughs> these, are,
1: these are questions for a bewitched.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and was Shane's brother, any help? No, did she say not at all? She, I'd say he wouldn't be much help playing.
1: No, she she wouldn't she wouldn't go that route. She's oh, like, really? no, we're doing this ourselves. Sisters are doing it for themselves, God. and they did. <laughs>
0: <Ooh>. <laughs> driven by furious, driven by rage. Bitterness. Yeah. <laughs> Oh but
1: um so how are you lily
0: good thanks girl it's you? lovely to be in cove i know isn't it absolutely gorgeous it is absolutely gorgeous the sun is splitting the stones, and there are yachts everywhere
1: yeah it's just it's <laughs> the it's the uh santa monica of uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's been the new kinsale for the past 40 years it's the new kinsale
1: <laughs> so how are you you're we were just talking it's really weird because we've actually i never do this but we've been talking for about a half an hour I know before we turn on the microphones so I kind of feel like it's over I know because I haven't
0: seen your natives but thanks for calling down bye
1: this was a really good one and it's it's really unfortunate that you (laughs) listeners didn't get to hear it but you're really busy at the moment because you're like you were telling me what you're up to uh which it sounds brilliant uh you're launching a new food line
0: yeah, so I'm launching a new food line of um sort of refined sugar free bars. So, so a lot of people are thinking I'm jumping on the energy bar wagon, but I'm actually not. I'm just trying to like feed all my starving children my my. Like three jumping kids. in the energy bar wagon, <laughs> yeah, they need energy bars. It's the most efficient way of feeding them. Just giving them high density and um, fruit bars. You know, so they're they're just sweetened with dates and coconut and loads of seeds, and they're going to be called Rossum. and hopefully they'll be out by September. So I'm very excited about it. So what goes like? When
1: you say, okay, I'm going to launch a line of bars, what actually goes into that? Like, do you just... Well, you see, I was making them for
0: ages. Yeah, I was making them for ages at home um just to actually to feed my kids and like when i was pregnant my second little boy um i just was trying to make healthy snacks you know and everything had sugar and hidden sugars you know so um they're the sneakiest of sugars the hidden ones, <laughs> but the most delicious <laughs> yeah so um so i was like trying to find really healthy food for myself and for like my baby and everything um so then i just started making these raw bars so it's just where you put dates and nuts and seeds and everything into your food processor you know so um then I started making them and then I started selling them in a the cork at the English market. And they were selling like hotcakes, really, really popular for vegans. So they're vegan, they're raw. So um, raw food basically is anything under 42 degrees. You know, it's that specific. <laughs> so basically all the nutrients are supposed to be accessible, you know. Okay. So so when you say when you put something in the microwave, it absolutely, you know, gets rid of, you know, you might as well be eating nothing really. You know, the food that really? you eat in the microwave. Oh, microwaves are terrible. They're absolutely terrible out there. So, you know... So,
1: even if it's really healthy food that you put in the microwave, when you microwave it, it's... it's,
0: Yeah, like, the cell structure of the cabbage, say, is just, it's just, you know, nuked. You nuke it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, basically, just, you know, we're supposed to try and eat as many raw foods as we can, but then things like tomatoes are actually better cooked for you. So, basically, there's loads of different rules. So, what I've stuck with is, if it tastes delicious... And going to eat
1: it. That's a really good rule. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Thank you. That is really...
0: Um, hold on. So, a tomato
1: is better for you cooked.
0: Yeah, because with tomato and with kale, actually, if you lightly steam kale, the nutrients actually... Your body can break them down better if they're lightly cooked. So, I
1: have been... Having disgusting (laughs) kale smoothies. (laughs) Choking (laughs) them back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But having said that, you're glowing. So you're doing something (laughs) right. It's
1: the skin. Everything just hangs off these cheekbones.
0: (laughs) No, so, you know, that's the thing is there's loads of really confusing food rules, you know. yeah. So I'm just going to stick with what tastes delicious. And for me, the bars taste really good. My kids eat them. Other people eat them. and love them. So I've changed the recipe loads over the past two years. And now finally have a good recipe for it. Um, so that I'm willing to actually share the bars with people so hopefully by September people will be able to buy them um, nationwide I'm going to say nationwide yeah I'm going to say that Lily Higgins,
1: Nationwide. Nationwide, yeah. So, and does the recipe change uh, from the bars you make at home to what's going to be, I suppose, on the shop shelves?
0: Yeah, it kind of did because, you know, I was having... Preservatives, you had to add all the
1: preservatives.
0: No, I didn't add I anything. I it was honey, you know, I took out the honey to make okay. them. Because, you know, obviously vegans won't eat honey. Because you're exploiting the little bees. So, um so I have coconut oil, coconut oil in them and and I had to sort of change the recipe a bit because I had sort of a chocolate ganache on them and then Perfect. Yeah. The people who were making them were saying that was really complicated to make in a factory, you know. Oh, okay. So I had to change them like that and I had to change them to make them more portable. So um but apart from that, they're exactly like I make in the food processor. I actually couldn't believe it when I got my first samples of them. I was thinking like why have I been making them all the time (laughs) when a machine could have been doing it and so they just have a big food processor so there's like three people all standing around and a big food processor and then they shape them by hand and you know pack them by hand and so it's actually I feel like Willy Wonka and they're my little Oompa lumpas and I'm so proud of them and delighted (laughs)
1: so you're like you were one of the first food bloggers in Ireland, like because it the, yeah. was, was a real small,
0: yeah. There was only community. like a handful of us, yeah, exactly. And that
1: now has taken off. Like everybody who has an Instagram account, nearly, has, yeah, has become a, a food blogger. Mm-hmm. But food seems to have changed. Like the what, like what's popular seems to have changed because I, I suppose your first yeah. book was what? what yeah,
0: book, my first book was baking, so it was make bake love, and it was just all baking and cakes, cakes and, and sugar and, sweets and butter and yeah, yeah, all just of those pretty very things. visual.
1: Yeah, but you know. by the time of your second book. Uh, came out there was a marked change because i mean even like people like Don Ski jamie oliver and nigella lawson in the past four or five years they've all released books yeah. that are around superfood and yeah. uh, even nigella lawson who was you know
0: i know she's got a recipe for like avocado on toast which is I know. amazing <laughs> finally she's had a hard year got a recipe she's had a really she has time. and she's amazing she's amazing yeah like, she's absolutely she brilliant
1: is. but it used to be you know Four Marmite on top of a slice of white bread. Yeah. You know, like it was all... Yeah. Uh if it tastes nice who cares about sugar or anything like that and now it's very very and health I, conscious i
0: think it's brilliant because um say when i was in secondary school you know it was like just become bulimic and you can eat whatever you want to you look fantastic you know so but now it's actually all the teenagers and everything are into youtube and you know they're having their Akai smoothie bowls every morning in or whatever. you know it's incredible yeah you know yeah and they're going to all this trouble making this really healthy food and putting it on instagram and you know sharing videos on snapchat of how to make this juice in the morning and i just think it's. It's a lot more sustainable than the whole yeah. eating disorder thing. <laughs> That's my conclusion.
1: Like the eating disorder works short term.
0: Oh, disastrous! You know, people's hair falling out. That's only a small thing. And so I think it's really, really good that people are knowing about their food and eating really healthy food, and you know, seeing processed food for what it is, which is great. You know.
1: And did you have, um, did you have a like a, a eureka moment where you, you swapped over to that? You know, because
0: I kinda the, did, yeah, I kinda did. Like say I'd always I'd always be one of those people who cooks things from scratch anyway, you know, okay. like since I was small. Like so seeing my mother cooking everything from scratch and then um, so I did the Ballymaloo course in 2007 so then when, yeah. after I did that um, I just thought you know now I have the skills to actually make whatever I want you know so if I get a thing of rhubarb you know a million different things I can make rhubarb so being equipped with those skills was really really important because um, it just enabled me to make everything you know because first of all I'm a greedy person personally and, yeah like I wanted to eat the things yeah yeah so then I found out how to eat the things and now I'm delighted you know so then I can you know make whatever I want so uh, that was really really good and it just brought on my interest in it and then did graphic design in college so it was a matter of bringing the food and the design and everything together um which is you know the food styling and the photography and everything that I do so um what was the question again <laughs> <laughs>
1: well it was about world peace but you're really we just rather <laughs> I think
0: that's the solution really that's the thing no
1: but like with Ballymaloo was yeah. uh, did you oh did
0: I get a eureka moment oh yeah, eureka moment said. that's what yeah, it was yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah that was
1: actually from a bewitched list of questions <laughs>
0: <laughs> My brother Shane said to me <laughs> <laughs> no um, yeah I did kind of get a eureka moment just um, one day when I decided uh, that I would just take photographs of the food and put it on a blog because some of my siblings were abroad. So then that's how I started food blogging um, and then just started writing about food. And I just sort of, you know, when you feel that you really love what you're doing, and I just thought this is actually amazing. So kind of, there's been a few different eureka moments. There was a moment when I tasted coconut yogurt for the first time and I couldn't stop laughing because it was so delicious. <laughs> there's been a few, you know, or like eating, you know, chicken liver pate just being, you know, made of real butter and organic chicken livers down in Balmooloo. Just thinking, you know, amazing. amazing. You know, so I think with food, it's such a sensory thing. So you, there's loads of eureka moments, basically. You
1: know? And to move over from, say, the stuff in Make, Bake, Love to the stuff that's in your second book, which yeah. is quite, it, 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 it's, healthier. it's healthier, it's kind yeah. of deli.
0: Uh, and there's like five granola recipes. Yeah. So that's telling enough. <laughs> and
1: what made you decide, okay, this book's going to be really healthy?
0: Um, because it was just kind of the way I was eating at the time you know okay. so like um, say when I was pregnant with my first little boy Liam I became really health conscious because I suddenly felt this guilt you know like oh, okay. I was responsible for a human you know say like if I was drinking you know energy drinks what was going to happen to or the baby tenants. You know, <laughs> <Tenants>. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> five was vodka straight and um, so I just became really aware that what I was eating was going into this baby you know was forming yeah. this child and I just thought oh my god I need to really really look after my health and what I eat okay. is making this child so um and then like he's really healthy and strong and everything so that was brilliant so and I, I ramped it right up so now for my third baby I was eating loads of chia puddings and stuff and she was like ten pounds <laughs> <laughs> so she was like really healthy because i was eating so so well and was really really conscious of everything i was eating you know and like i bought food to the hospital with me and everything like oh wow in my, you know like when it was like time to go to the hospital i had all the food ready to go to bring with me because i just was determined to stay as healthy as i could you know so wow yeah <laughs> thanks <laughs> It's not mother. <laughs> and, <laughs> no, I don't. It's actually just the responsibility of absolutely, yeah. Because I, mean, you
1: know? I think that when you do something like that, especially your third child, yeah. it's just not an option to be sick or stop. Oh yeah, and I wasn't do...
0: going there again. You know, I was just thinking like this is my final perfect, you know, moment yeah. now. And you know, you can't. You know, this this campaign for like the first one thousand days or something, and it's like okay. really important all the food that you have when you're pregnant, and then that you feed them when they get. A, you know, it's just such a responsibility, like it's yeah. huge, you know. So there's one thing, you know, being responsible for yourself and like, you know, eating a huge wedge of coffee cake and feeling all lightheaded afterwards, like you're gonna get sick and stuff. And it's like, Wah! you know. So you're only responsible for yourself when you do that. But then, you know, if you're responsible for kids, yeah. like it's kind of oh it's Yeah, mind. and the
1: joy's gone out of it. If you feel guilty.
0: Yeah.
1: So when you went to Ballymaloo, was that with a view to doing something professional with food or was it just to
0: Yeah, we'll say um Myself and Colm had just started going out and we were going to open a seafood restaurant in Cove. Oh, wow. Because Cove was going to be the next sale. This is 10 years ago. Cove was going to be the next sale, So <laughs> we were saying all that's missing is a really good seafood restaurant, you know. So, um, but then by the time I completed Malu, I realized um, I didn't want to work in a restaurant, but I didn't know okay. what I wanted to do, you know. So I knew I was just absolutely in love with food but then I wasn't sure if I should go back to graphic design and do food packaging and branding and but I just knew it was going to be something to do with food
1: Around that time you were uh, Maeve's your sister Maeve Higgins her comedy career took off and you yeah. that, that, that was around
0: I think it was around the same, around same time, the same time. Yeah, yeah I think it was maybe the summer it was the summer before the Ballymoo I think it was 2006 when we went to Edinburgh with Ha Ha Yum Okay. So I was making cakes That was before Ballymaloo. I think it was. Okay. I don't, I actually don't know. I actually can't remember.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, because that, that show was, was a big success. Because
0: I was going out with somebody else. I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that show was really good. So Maeve did her, we were dressed as like 1950s housewives and <laughs> Maeve actually said, would I just make cakes with her on stage and then it ended up we ended up going to Edinburgh and touring around with it and doing shows in Ireland and it was brilliant it was really and good. that
1: was one of the shows that um because I, everyone that goes to Edinburgh always says oh yeah sold everyone in Edinburgh yeah which then it's usually not but that actually was a, oh a, a, yeah it was
0: unbelievable yeah it was unbelievable because Maeve was baking every single day for it and we were giving people free cake you know yeah. and you didn't get a cake till you stayed to the end of the show as well which was important <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's nobody so, leaving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no updates yeah. for that run. Brilliant. And I had like a
0: little hob and it was like melting chocolate on stage making crispy cakes and oh, everything. Wow. And she would bake every night, and make queen cakes every night or every morning before the show and have like freshly made queen cakes. So like the smell was intoxicating. I don't know if people could actually hear what she was saying, but it was really, <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> and then
1: um, the Fancy little series. Yeah. Uh, which Was almost nearly a spin-off from it was the same idea. Yeah, it was
0: very similar. Yeah, Um, it was.
1: And that was, I love that show. Yeah, absolutely loved it. But you did all the styling and the stop motion animation for that show,
0: exactly. Yeah, so we did the animation was brilliant for us, and so that was really enjoyable. And we did it was that was actually in the house that I was living at the time. So Maeve was just saying, you know, I'm going to be doing a TV show, and you know, could we use your kitchen? And I said, yeah, no problem. And then she's saying, could you do the set design? And I was like, yeah, no problem. And then I was in it. (laughs) then as well (laughs) I was just like hovering around in the background as well but
1: how long did it take for you to do the that stop motion animation
0: oh it just took hours basically we would just be there late into the night of the days that we were filming so we'd film as much as we could and then be there late into the night you know so um but it was it's you know that takes an incredibly long time so just for like five seconds you know, it could take like three hours or something. Oh my you know, God. so it was, uh, but it was brilliant. I loved it because
1: you were shaping potatoes and things <clears throat> like that into
0: yeah. And, and like, I remember,
1: I remember watching, thinking if if at any point the you know the duck's head comes off, that is, it's just game over.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and we did, and I remember. We did, uh, like, a gingerbread nativity scene, you know, where little baby Jesus popped in and the little sheep and biscuits. And so, like, that was brilliant. And we were just making it all up as we went along as well, you know. Yeah. So for one of the scenes, we needed an egg in it. And I I was keeping hens. I had hens out in the garden. And I was thinking, can we get a hen to do it as well? So then we got the hen and just plonked her up on the table. And, you know, then when she stood up, the egg was underneath her. So there was, like, funny little things like that where it just felt like um, a project in college more than... You know, yeah, yeah, but it, it, it was, was so, it was
1: so beautifully crafted though that, that show. Yeah, well, uh, I think that's every. It was like aspect.
0: scratch production, so like Liam who did the show was amazing, and his attention to detail and everything is just fantastic. So he was responsible for a lot of that as well, you know. That was really nice it to But it was actually me and Yeah. <laughs> 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 and
1: when did your uh, when you, when your blog make make No, your... yeah.
0: Is it make bacon love blog, is is the it? blog? It was called stuff I make bacon love, but oh, then yes. I just changed it to like Lily Higgins' daddy just friends. Exactly,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that training did not go to
0: waste. <laughs> just to build a brand, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Because <laughs> eventually you want to be able to sell sunglasses, yeah, <laughs> and perfumes. I
0: can't wait. And t-shirts. <laughs>
1: so when did you, uh, you decide to do a book? Because a blog, I suppose, is. It's so lovely and low pressure, but then a book all of a sudden. it's yeah. you know deadlines. Well, thing. it was
0: kind of. I started the blog in January, and then um, I was doing supper clubs as well. You know, sort of an underground supper club thing. Did you ever come to? The, yes, I did go. Clubs. to
1: the, I think I went to. Wait, well, the of Italian.
0: Them. You were there at the Italian one. I, I,
1: I was. I think it was at the Italian one, and I was at the. Uh, I think it was a Moroccan
0: one. Yeah, one. probably the main part of that was the servings were too big, wasn't it? <laughs> 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 i was doing food like family style which just meant like i was going to all the tables being like are you gonna servings finish that was too big you eat that yeah i gave too much food to everyone i think oh god yeah, 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 yeah you know they
1: yeah. were amazing
0: yeah they were great fun i mean I, they were brilliant. <laughs> you
1: all worked so hard yeah we worked so <laughs> but hard yeah. we, oh god almighty the one though. i couldn't move <laughs> after the moroccan one yeah because just... i was
0: going around to everyone saying like Are you, you finished your hummus you know that sort of thing so um no it was
1: brilliant so we there's did... a pint glass full of hummus there and you're yeah. not getting your next Great course list. done yeah it was but, amazing. so i was
0: doing the food blog and then as a way to sort of share food with the readers of the blog did the supper club and then yeah. one of the girls who was reading the blog um worked for gilliam macmillan the publishers okay. so she just emailed me one day and said would like to do a book as well um, and then I just started doing the book in, like, maybe the October of that year or something. Because, just back
1: to the Supper Club, that was the first, uh, I, I've never felt more hipster than when I went to oh, the really? Supper Club. Yeah, because it just felt oh, so... Um, <laughs> underground. <laughs> like, it was so underground. Yeah. Because it was in... Uh, it yeah, was in
0: a converted old a converted church. converted
1: church in Dublin. Yeah. Um, and it was
0: called Loaves and Fishes. Loaves and Fishes. Yeah. That's what it was called. Yeah.
1: And it was so... All your sisters were the waitresses.
0: Yeah, I just made them do. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: they were amazing. <laughs> and uh it was just it was so lovely. Like the food yeah. was absolutely incredible.
0: Thanks, girls. It was lovely. I remember I loved doing it right mean, It was very ch-
1: good. There was a chocolate soup at one yeah. that I remember was just yeah. out of this world. And I remember one of your sisters with the Uh, ladle hours after (laughs) hours after the whole thing had ended just kept stirring and saying look at it
0: and we were like can you leave the soup alone but you see that's where I tested loads of my recipes for both books were when I was doing supper clubs because you get instant feedback from people so it was brilliant you know so I'd be able to like bake or you know cook something and give it as the dessert so like the chocolate soup recipes in Dream Deli in the second book Okay. so you know that was a really good way of getting feedback instantly from people you know whether they liked it or not clean plates sort of that and
1: when you're writing a book, do you, um, do you test all of the recipes?
0: Yeah, you have to really like, so I think that's the beauty of, you know, some people have a whole team of people working in their books, but I have to do everything myself, you know, so okay. I cook the thing, you know, I style it, um, I photograph it, I write about it, and then I have to eat it then as well, so,
1: <laughs> so, you know. Would you not just download other recipes from the internet and just change paprika to smoked paprika?
0: You're genius! You're genius! <laughs>
1: You're welcome!
0: <laughs> My new book, Smoke Paprika and Other Stories by Lily Higgins. And um, yeah, I think you, you just have to taste it because people just give out to you otherwise if they don't, you know. And I mean, say some people leave reviews like on Amazon and stuff like that. Just like one guy left a review saying it. it's just too easy, like, you know. The book? The recipes, they just, you know, it's just like ideas for food. But, like, that's what I want. Like, I want really quick, easy, yeah. what, you what know... What was that for? For Dream Deli.
1: I, I've made stuff out of both books and I really? find them hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Damn, sorry. But, uh, no, I
1: think I I love those books.
0: Yeah, it needs to be accessible, like, yeah. you know, and people need to be encouraged to do things as well. So if yeah. I see a big, long list of ingredients and if I've only got half an hour to make something, I'm not going to do that. You know, it's a weekend project then, isn't it? You know? Yeah,
1: and also there's, lot, there's lots of things that... in your dream deli book where it's just little things that you can add to a meal
0: so you don't feel
1: like if you have spaghetti bolognese that's you know mio. yeah (laughs) you can add uh, a great big piece of that labneh cheese
0: yeah beautiful to the top of it (laughs) yum (laughs) gross
1: (laughs) feel free to use that if you want
0: (laughs) that dinner sounds so gross
1: (laughs) is that not exactly what you intended yeah
0: that's what I that's what I wanted you to use it for thanks million (laughs) Dal mio. It's, it,
1: and it's not even the cooking sometimes that turns me off it's the finding the things that are like the the actual ingredients yeah like because we were talking about cacao yeah. nibs
0: yeah am <laughs> I
1: pronounced that right we were, and I really I want to bring this up because it's about time somebody had this conversation <laughs> they are not easy to buy <laughs>
0: yeah but like cacao nibs are easy to buy then but it's cacao ones will be hard to find <laughs> but you, just, do you know what you can actually get them in Super Value <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can get them health shops, you see. Okay. Yeah, you can, get, you can definitely get them health shops. <laughs> Do you
1: think it's because I've said cow-cow?
0: Yeah, but I think that must be a really bitchy shop assistant <laughs> who says, sorry, don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but you should be, cacao.
1: Cacao, please. Cacao,
0: please. Raw, if possible. Yeah, so if I walk say. in
1: next time, she's going, to well, look who's coming yeah, back. Yeah, yeah.
0: Come C-cow. running back. Cacao, please. And um, they're actually getting more and more um accessible you know all those sort of foods are because i think people are creating demand for them you know so like yeah. supermarkets now have like coconut oil before you couldn't get coconut oil anywhere you i know? know yeah and now it's everywhere it's everywhere and that's in yeah. a
1: really short space of time
0: yeah it is but nice? also
1: the price is so wildly, widely different
0: it is yeah it is incredibly different so it seems to be more expensive in health shops yeah. especially the small independent I paid ones, which is understandable. yeah that's kind of an okay price for it and i think then uh one of my friends says you can get that in tons for two euro or two. yeah or two you or... see this huge varying qualities of that okay. kind as well so and it depends if you're getting like raw virgin coconut oil you know cold pressed okay. or are you getting you know dredges of the yeah so some, <laughs> yeah and you know if it, some of it doesn't smell like coconut oil at all you know so you just need to be really and the same with coconut milk actually just went around the subject sorry name oh right tinned coconut milk you can get one brand that's like 98% coconut milk. That's the one you want. And then you can get other ones where it's like, you know, 48% coconut milk. And then loads oh. of pickiners and guar gum and emulsifiers and loads of other things. So just read the back of the tin, um, girl. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning so much. <laughs> <laughs> the coconut milk thing really bugs me though. Really? Yeah, because it's all kind of similar price. Yeah, you know, and you're just paying for gums yes, and thickeners right, and stuff, you know. So it's really weird, like so. for so about twenty cent extra, you benefit can get the best of, stuff.
1: So there's no benefit of of, buying, of creating a coconut milk no. that's just full of rubbish.
0: Yeah. It's, oh, it's cheaper for them to do. You know, you're paying oh, for all this. Oh, okay. Yes, it's right. not good for you. Like, but they charge the same price for. it. Yeah, so you need to just read the back and see if there's a good amount of coconut milk in it
1: you're boiling I can see it like you're furious
0: it just annoys me so much
1: would <laughs> you want to pause so you can punch a wall I'm really sorry <laughs> and have you any plans to do another book
0: yes yeah, so I do have plans to do a third book um, my little girl Hazel was born and I had to shelve the idea for my last third book because oh. I just thought I'm just going to enjoy this pregnancy and you know, focus on my other work because, uh, you know, doing a, a book is a lot of pressure, um, especially when you're doing the photographs and everything for it. And you want it to be amazing because it's kind of out there for everyone to do a book, you know. Yeah. So, um, but I'm glad I haven't done it now because loads of my ideas have changed. I'm going to be doing a completely different What book was the to what original? I would have done. What was the idea you had for the third book? It was crafts, it was crafting as well as food. So, it was things like edible gifts and, you know, it was it was like things to make at the kitchen table. You know, so oh, it's just kind wow. of kitchen-based, but, you know. Oh God,
1: that's, like, that's exactly the book that I'm writing, actually, at the moment.
0: Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: Exactly, what, what other ideas did you have for that book? Uh, like
0: crocheting things.
1: <laughs> that's, oh, my God. Oh. oh. Exactly. <laughs> I'm
0: really glad I didn't do it now. Uh, but you see, that's the other thing, is those projects take so much time to do you know? Yeah. So one page would be describing how to make a tea cozy and it would take me like, you know, three months to make or something. Oh god! And so I was thinking, oh, I'm not going to do that. this. You know? yeah. So, but that's the great thing about being freelance is you can just pick up projects and drop them when you don't want <laughs> to do them. <laughs> you can just say, I'm not feeling it actually. I'm going to just not do that anymore. I'm going to just ignore that project. <laughs> Whereas if I had a boss, they'd be saying, do it you know yeah where's the tea cozy yeah Damn it! yeah but you signed a contract <laughs> we, we already paid stuff. you to do it yeah it doesn't matter <laughs> um so
1: you've got your your third book have you started the work on that yet
0: um kind of i've done a rough outline of the chapters okay and like the recipes that i'm going to use and stuff sort of rough i think because over the past you know i think it's been like two years since my last book so i've got like a huge bank of recipes um, and I've learnt loads as well which is really good so um, hopefully I'm going to condense all that down into my third book
1: wow when do you think that will be out? Uh,
0: I don't know um, maybe next year? cool I, I, yeah,
1: I actually shouldn't have asked that question like, so when are you going to finish it? are you just going to shelve this one as well? <laughs> yeah
0: yeah But you're going to get a puppy you're going to get a puppy aren't you? you're going to yeah, forget about you, the fourth
1: book yourself <laughs> <laughs> th- actually speaking of enjoying yourself you were yeah. on the bake-off are you Ryan's yes. Mary Berry?
0: Yeah, I am just kind of, you know, two years younger, obviously, than Mary Berry. Um, uh,
1: Mary Berry, I would say, hasn't cooked a cake in yonks.
0: But She, she doesn't need to. She's been like force fed on national TV. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if I was her, I wouldn't be making cakes either. I'd say she'd be so sick of them. Yes, yeah, so I did the Bake Off last year, which was brilliant because um for me, it was just all about encouraging people to bake. Yeah, you know, so I think that's really um, the kind of nature of the program. The Irish one, I definitely—it's just about encouraging people, you know, to get out there and bake. And Ireland's such a small country, so so many people I've been talking to have known the contestants on it. You know, that's why loads of people don't go on it as well. You know, so they'd rather just like talk about it. You know, they'd rather yeah. just talk about the people on it as opposed to actually taking part themselves. Like, every do you know somebody? Who's yeah, my it?
1: boyfriend, one of his friends was uh, in the final.
0: <laughs> Emer. Emer. <laughs> And it's really weird because
1: they were so strict about uh, the contestants telling their friends that they were on the Bake Off, and oh, yeah. she couldn't tell even the people that, that she was living with oh, really? that she was on the Bake Off. So, like, so she was
0: baking like she was baking furiously
1: for ages, and she was saying things like, "I think this weekend I'm going to try and make a wedding cake twice." <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're like what's gotten into Emer um, so she's the, such he's very lucky to be friends with her she's so talented yeah her stuff is yeah. unbelievable oh my god because for the um, Mad Hatter's tea party I was only thinking the other day about you know she made those eggs with citric acid and they were just like sour um, eggs yeah. e- she did such a creative yeah she does she
1: has that real sort of creative brain like, yeah he, she really
0: does uh, yeah. and she made another sort of an American inspired cake what was that again it was like toffee apple or something it was gorgeous, oh, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically like, you know, when someone makes... You know, we can only have a taste of it, you know. But some of them, I wanted to just, like, can you just make a pot of tea and we we'll just all sit down and talk about this, you know. Eat that... the cake, you know, have a cup of tea. That's what I would have loved, you know.
1: And is it quite pressured? Do you do many of those episodes in a day? Or? Yeah,
0: it is It is quite pressured. You do one and a half... It takes one and a half days to do one episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, you know, everyone's on a time... You know, yeah. you know, so it, it would be lovely if we could take more time for it. And so much is edited out, like, it's incredible how much is edited out, you know. So there's so much talking about it, like, and especially for the final, it was just, you know, we took so long to get to the final decision. We were just, we went through every single bake that I'd ever done, and photographs of them, all our notes. It was incredible, oh, wow. you know. Yeah. yeah,
1: because Darren went to the final.
0: <clears throat> yeah, did he?
1: Yeah, he was at the final, I think, in, uh, it was... It was on an evening, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, it was it was really late at night, I think, by the time we got to the Yeah, because yeah. he wasn't
1: home till like about midnight or so.
0: Oh well it wouldn't have been that late though. <laughs> <laughs> Where was he? I, think, so I well. think we finished at about eight, <laughs> so that leaves about I'll
1: help him on drinking.
0: Come on, I'm covered in sugar.
1: But <laughs> sure he really enjoyed himself. What's he enjoyed himself? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was that was really hard actually because everyone's family and friends were there. Yeah, you know,
1: did they did they have to bake or did that was they really see hard. the critique?
0: No, they didn't. No, like no, we all it was sort of behind closed doors, you know. That, okay. Me you and know, myself and Paul and Anna and the producer all went, you know, behind closed doors. And we're all talking, and looking through everything, and um, so and then the family just came down for the actual announcement. So they were kind of hanging around all day. So it was really really tough for them, you know. So, um, but I mean, I would love. For the, if they do it again, if they do another bake-off, that as many people would enter as possible because there's so many talented people baking in Ireland, yeah, you know? Yeah. So if, that's what I really want, is for people to enter it. Because
1: I think you know? about 15 years ago, baking was a, a kind of a forgotten skill, really. It's yeah. a thing that mothers did. Yeah, that and are, that they
0: bake things by the handful, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, a big hand of flour, bake, you know, how are you supposed to learn from that, like? Yeah, you know? my, well, my
1: granny always baked using her hands to measure ingredients. Yeah, so like, instinctive. Was no... Uh, there was never a um, a, weighing
0: scales, or a weighing scales
1: or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, um, yeah. And she used to make she used to make such random desserts as well. <laughs> like our, <laughs> we have a bizarre uh, history of pasta in our family. There's two stories about pasta. One is that uh, the first time I thought I had pasta, I actually was eating wallpaper paste because <laughs> I'd heard I was only a child uh, and I heard. How did
0: you get access to that?
1: Uh, because it was on the table. I think I was about maybe nine. Ten. I was like, old I, I was old enough to read I was old enough to read paste, oh, paste. as pasta oh yeah and um, because one of my friends in school have been talking about pasta so I thought mm, delicious and oh, um, and I uh just took a few tablespoons of pasta oh, <laughs> and then my dad saw me <laughs> that was absolutely horrified and I said well pasta is that that's pasta and he said that's paste there's paste. a man with a ladder on his shoulder on the back <laughs> Um, and the other thing is that my granny, uh, the first time we had actually real pasta, my granny said, Oh, give me a handful of that, and she made a dessert with it.
0: Yeah, you can have sweet pasta dishes, right? But that would have been gross, I'd say. Yeah, gross. But that would have been like the late 60s, is it? I, dare you. <laughs> <laughs> I was 10. It was
1: 1995. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: no. Sorry, <I> <laughs> no. <a> bit... <laughs> Nobody's gonna bake. <laughs> and
0: um, what did she make with the bounce I wonder, like a sweet white was, sauce. Um, or something
1: she made uh, something with milk and sugar and nutmeg. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: I, like a set uh, custard thing with pasta shells. It yeah, or something. yeah. So I had someone
1: that was alright. Yeah, but she she used to make like semolina and rice pudding and.
0: Stuff. Yeah, well, they're lovely. 7 so yeah. is lovely, isn't it? And rice pudding's lovely, but I, I don't know about the pasta thing now. Yeah, the pasta, I don't think. Yeah, yeah She used is. to make
1: it in a cup. She'd bake it in a cup. Yeah. <laughs> She's dead, baby. <laughs> <She's> feel comfortable <laughs> slamming her.
0: Sorry, I'm not laughing about her. <laughs> it's actually like, a, that just reminded me about, um you know, when you're introducing new foods to people and stuff, um, about this... Uh, this woman, a home ec teacher, was giving classes to people, you know, to, like, women about how to feed your family cheaper and everything, you know. And she was saying, you know, turnips are brilliant and blah, blah, blah. And then the next class, the next week, some woman said, you know, I was boiling a turnip for nearly three hours and it still wasn't cooked, you know. So, like, she put the turnip in the pot, you know, (laughs) and was, like, boiling it. (laughs) So, it's just like, you know, people just don't know what to do with new... You know, you have to explain it. That's so weird because...
1: (laughs) Like, turnip was a thing that we would have had every week yeah. at home. And yeah. now I'd say I haven't had a turnip in 10 years.
0: Yeah, and do you know, I actually gave it to the lads the other night, turnip mash with carrots through it, you know, and had sort of a ragu, sort of a bolognese, so gorgeous. So, yeah, so gorgeous. you turnip. And mash now with butter, it was so beautiful, you know, and low carb. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Lily Higgins, <laughs> bringing back turnip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It's actually gorgeous. I thought it was. It was going to taste, you know, a lot more cabbage I've done turnip chips, you know, before in the. Oh right. Thing. You know, but you kind of eat turnip chips because it, like, it you know, tastes
1: yeah. a little bit sweet potato-y.
0: Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the way sweet potato. You know, we're so obsessed with sweet potatoes now. Yeah, we just yeah. Eat them all the time, but um, turnips absolutely gorgeous as well. <laughs> I love I love turnips. <laughs> so
1: next then is your you're writing your new book. Yeah. And the. When again can we see the, the Rawson bars?
0: So hopefully in September. Cool. Yeah. But they're kind of, you know, I've started Twitter and Instagram and stuff for them already. But I don't have the actual bars to show yet. Do you have flavours? teasing. Of, of, uh, any ones? Yeah. You know? So I have, um, the first one is like a coconut tea and cacao nib. That's oh. beautiful. So it's like a bounty.
1: And now I know how to ask for it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the, another one that's really, really gorgeous is um it's toffee and sea salt one. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, that's actually beautiful. That's Sea really, really salt beautiful. and toffee and yeah. sea salt and caramel is absolutely It's gorgeous, really isn't it? Unreal. Yeah. yeah. And I think like that crumbled over ice cream, just uh, Aiden yogurt, I basically eat that a lot um, so it's just like the, the toffee is made with dates and coconut oil just oh, like wow. all whipped up together and then um, I put buckwheat through it so it's really crunchy then and then sea salt so it's like crunchy sea salt toffee oh it's actually gorgeous and I actually put cacao nibs in that as well because I did put chocolate toffee on it but then it's this nice getting bits of sort of bitter chocolate in all the sweets oh lovely um, I'm kind of drooling sorry now <laughs> Because <laughs> it's so gorgeous the combination sea, sea salt is
1: kind of controversial because to some people like my boyfriend hates sea salt oh in, really? In th- yeah I don't know something wrong. Oh, I, mean, I love crunchy right, bursts of sea
0: salt in all the, you know it's beautiful yeah, I it's love these now, unreal
1: enough. like I think sea yeah. salt um, uh, the, the sweet and uh, savoury thing is just yeah and like anything gorgeous.
0: chocolatey that I bake I always add like a pinch of salt to as well it just makes it really? taste more chocolatey yeah it does and then the third one is hazelnut and hemp brownie Oh, yeah. what's hemp? Hemp is, it's basically the, you know... Is hemp not drugs? It's not dr- It doesn't have that, you know, the thing that makes cannabis, drugs. Oh. The psychedelic effect thing. It doesn't have that in hemp. Oh. There's a technical thing for it. I'll learn that off, the t- what the technical <laughs> term is. <laughs> what I'm trying to explain to people. But basically, hemp is really, really good for you. Hemp is fantastic. Um, so it's like a great source of protein and loads of really good fatty, omega-3 fatty things um so hemp is great and it actually tastes lovely as well so that brownie is just like oats and dates and raw cacao powder and um, and then hemp and hazelnuts through it so it's gorgeous it's really oh, nice yeah so i love that one as well actually cool I'm all really, three of them
1: and um, there's one thing i forgot uh that i was going to ask you and i come into my head there a second ago and i didn't just give me two seconds i'll come back
0: it was about sea salt We were talking about sea salt <clears throat> is it bad for you
1: I was going to ask you a question about cooking. Shit. There's something about sea salt. Oh. Uh,
0: I'm using it loads anyway. I? I need to get my... What is that? You need to get checked for sea salt. It's not your oh, sodium, isn't it? Yeah. I feel like I'm using it a lot lately. I love mashed banana on toast with sea salt on it. Oh, my gosh. Really? So, yeah. Toast, peanut butter, mashed banana, sea salt. Gorgeous. Oh my God. Actually, I
1: remembered what I was going to ask you. I went to a very fancy restaurant uh, recently. Um, well, it says it's fancy. Uh, for brunch.
0: Yeah.
1: And the brunch they gave me, uh, <clears throat> the brunch I got was a French toast. Mm-hmm. And it was a uh, a brioche French toast. Lovely. Uh, delicious. Mm-hmm. Very well so far. And on top of it, there was bacon. Yep. Yeah. And maple syrup. Now, that all sounds lovely, doesn't it? Yes. And then they put whipped cream all over it.
0: Yeah, why like? Did they put it on it or just on the side? It, it was
1: like on on the bacon, like. There was cream touching the bacon. That's yeah, not I didn't like good. that.
0: No. And they should have put that on the side as well. Yeah. Really, because that's actually quite rude. Um <laughs> but like was it all melting all over all the, the yeah. cream and everything all over the maple syrup? I was horrified. Yeah, that it, would it, be annoying. It, it,
1: it, it read so lovely on yeah. the on the menu. I just thought, oh, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. Especially because brioche French toast is just yeah, an really enriched ridiculous. egg, Absolutely dough. gorgeous, dipped yeah. in egg, yeah,
0: fried. Can't yeah. go wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, really healthy. Yeah so, yeah. yeah. so,
0: how's your cleanse going? <laughs> it's been really um, well. Yeah, they should have put that on the side totally. And did you just sort of work through it, or did you hand it back?
1: Uh, no, I did. I worked through it. Um, I just passive aggressive like just term. tweeted. Yeah, that was really Tweet, tweeted from a fake account. Just, <laughs>
0: Furious carrots, at furious carrots, <laughs> and um, yeah, that would be really annoying, wouldn't it? That's and amazing. how much was that then? Like nine euro? I think
1: no, it was like thirteen euro.
0: What? Yeah, That's crazy.
1: Thirteen euro. I'd be And off it was that. spray cream as well.
0: Oh, <laughs> was it really yeah. fake? Fake spray cream. Fake spray cream. Yeah, yeah. at least if it was spray like...
1: cream is for spraying in your mouth when you're drunk.
0: <laughs> yeah, just messing. Yeah, it's just for mess. It's just disgusting well yuck that's terrible where was it name and shame I can't, it was
1: <laughs> in, in oh f- there I said it
0: you you're gonna edit it out I, kind of, I just
1: wanted to appear brave
0: in front of you he's so brave <laughs> don't write on, it just says anything oh uh, that's gross isn't it yeah it's disgusting that I wouldn't well I would eat it but it was a sweetened cream yeah, it's it yeah, disgusting.
1: Disgusting. There Cheap we go. Uh, Lily, thank you so much. Thanks, girl. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna edit this to make me sound way better. <laughs> the, the whole, the whole cacao nibs <laughs> assault that you put on me. That's going. <laughs>
0: Thanks
1: for coming, Jen, My pleasure. Bye. Bye. Lily Higgins there her books Make Bake Love and Dream Deli are still available on Amazon so check that out if you want to find out more about Lily lilyhiggins.ie or you can follow her on Twitter at Lily Higgins or on Instagram Lily underscore Higgins underscore extra underscore at the end and it's worth it her Instagram uh, stuff is just absolutely amazing fascinated at headstuff.org if you want to get in touch or you can follow me on Twitter at Garode Farrelly a big thanks to Lily and everybody at the HeadStuff Podcast Network there will be a new episode soon Thanks for listening.
0: Some people say I look like DJ. You're serious? Uh-oh.
1: This podcast is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Free kids' workshops are back in stores at The Home Depot. On the first Saturday of every month from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., bring your little ones to a local Home Depot for a hands-on learning experience that kids love. Find more kid-friendly projects and kids' workshop kits at homedepot.com kids. For 25 years, The Home Depot has been building confident future doers with its free kids' workshops. The Home Depot,
0: how doers get more done. lost lives was last, U.S. only.